You are listening to Finding My Ray of Sunshine, episode number one. In today's episode, I will be sharing my story regarding the loss of my daughter, Reagan. Welcome to Finding My Ray of Sunshine, a podcast about my journey following infant loss. I am your host, Callan Niaz, and my goal is to allow you to walk alongside me as I find my ray of sunshine following the loss of my daughter, Reagan Lee. Hello, and welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for joining me as I embark on this new journey. This might not be the most professional sounding podcast, but I can guarantee that it is going to be raw and I'm going to tell the truth as I share my journey after losing my daughter, Reagan Lee. Even on June 4th, when my life was turned upside down, I never thought that I would do anything like this. But what changed my mind was this card that I received from one of my coworkers. And it was just the most heartfelt card. And she was so beyond impacted by what my husband and I are going through. And I would like to share the card. I'm not going to name any names, but I'm going to share the card because if my story can change one person, then maybe it's something I need to share to change the lives of many more people. So it goes, Callan and Dan, words are so hard sometimes to express how people feel. It is hard to know what's best to say. I want to let you know that your story, your journey has touched me. It has made me stop and reflect. I have experienced loss, but not that of a child. I lost my brother, and it was so difficult for me, but even harder was watching my parents' pain. I want you to know that Reagan has touched me and helped me continue to grow as a person. Too often, when I don't know what to say, I say nothing. This time, I was moved to do more. Please accept this necklace as a symbol of how Reagan is touching the lives of many more people than you will know. She is an angel. Thank you for sharing your journey with others. We are here to support each other in life. My prayers are continuing. So that amazing card kind of inspired me to share my journey and share my story with you all. Now, since this is the first episode, I figured the best place to start is the beginning. So this episode is just going to be my story leading up to the mo- like the hardest day of my life and kind of what I've been up to since. So I'm Callan Migats. I'm 31 and I'm married to the love of my life, Dan. We met in 2008 in college. I was a freshman at Illinois State University, and he was a senior at Illinois Wesleyan, but he lived on ISU's campus, which allowed us the opportunity to meet. We dated all through college, and he definitely made it a college experience that I will never forget. 
Um, I graduated in December of 2012, and Dan proposed to me on Valentine's Day of 2013, and it was definitely one of the best days of my life. Um, I knew I wanted to marry this man from the very beginning, and I knew he was going to give me that best life that I deserved. Um, so we had about a year and a half long engagement, and we got married in September of 2014. So where actually we just celebrated our seven years married together. Um, and we are going on 13 years being um, together. Um, we knew after we got married that we didn't want to have kids right away. We wanted to um, enjoy being married together, enjoy married life, travel, um, be spontaneous. And that's exactly what we did. And we traveled all over, um, unfortunately, out of the country, but hopefully someday we can do that real soon. But we have experienced a lot of amazing adventures together. And I'm definitely really grateful that we kind of took that time to spend together. Um, in 2018, um, we decided that we wanted to try to have kids and, um, a year into trying in 2019, um, I was diagnosed with PCOS. Um, it's when I don't ovulate regularly and it makes it, very difficult to get pregnant since I don't have regular ovulation days and it's nearly impossible to pinpoint when to start trying. Um, that news was, it was really heartbreaking to hear as a woman, um, because, you know, women are supposed to have babies. We're the ones that were supposed that were the women are supposed to have babies. And, um, my body wasn't, going to allow me to do that naturally. And I, I felt like a failure as a woman. I, I didn't. And it just broke my heart knowing that I am making it harder for my husband to become a father. And that's everything that he wants. So it was really hard knowing that I was, um, kind of preventing this dream of ours from happening. Um, so after that diagnosis, we met with a fertility doctor and I went through a series of very, very, very painful tests just to kind of um, get all the answers. I didn't get that. And um, I learned that, you know, thankfully my tubes are open. Um, it was just the... PCOS was really the big thing that was kind of standing in the way. Um, so after discussing our options with our fertility doctor, I, um, my husband and I decided that we wanted to do IUI first, the least, definitely the least invasive part of um, infertility as opposed to IVF. So IUI is intrauterine insemination. Um, and so 
Um, I'm not going to get through all the details, but I went through lots of medications, um, shots. Um, it was definitely painful. Some of the aspects that we had to do that I had to do. Um, but my husband, Dan was with me being my support system, my rock the entire time, encouraging me, um, letting me know that it wasn't my fault. And he is just so honored to be um, right next to me during this journey. Um, he was definitely amazing. And I don't think I could have done it without him. Just always reassuring me that he will never leave my side and that he's excited to someday start a family with me. Um, so in 2020, um, I had two failed IUIs. Um, it was, it was hard. Um, I just kept thinking, you know, why, why God, you know, why does this have to happen to me? Um, I was, I was very emotional and every time and both times that I got the, um, call from my doctor saying that it was unsuccessful. A little part of my heart just kept breaking, thinking that this wasn't going to happen for us. Um, it was, it was hard. Um, so we, did, we went for one more round of IUI and Dan and I said that after, if this one didn't work, um, we would try IVF. Um, we were actually very excited to find out that the third um, IUI was successful and I found out that I was pregnant in September of 2020. And I found out when I was at work, um, I was so ecstatic that I um, couldn't hold it in. And I went and told two of my closest friends um, at work because I just, I was overcome with so much emotion and I just needed to share it with somebody. Um, sorry, Dan, that you weren't the first person that I told, but um, I know you definitely understand. Um, I went home that day and I bought... Um, pink balloon and a blue balloon and some super cute baby booties. And I put them on the floor um, next to a pair of Dan's shoes and next pair of my shoes with my two puppies on the outside when Dan came home. And um, he was just overcome with so much joy. He actually thought that we were having twins. Um, I never really thought that was, to think that way when I bought the two boots the two balloons, but, um, he was just so, so beyond happy. And I can remember that day, like it was yesterday. It was the day where all of my dreams were going to come true because all I wanted to do was become parents with this man that I love. Um, since I went through IUI and um, they definitely monitored me pretty closely the first um, three months of pregnancy just to make sure that everything was um, going the way it should. And um, it was a fairly easy pregnancy. Um, I got a little bit sickness in the mornings, nothing that kind of ruined the entire day. Um, I did unfortunately have to deal with shingles at one point during my pregnancy um, it spread from 
from one side, my front of my side, all the way to the back. And it was definitely very, very painful, but um, I was able to get through it. And luckily there was um, no um, worry with the pregnancy and the baby, everything was okay. Um, how we found out that we were having a girl is um, we went to do um, since everything was taken, um, since all this was happening during COVID, um, Dan unfortunately was not able to be a part of a lot of a lot of the ultrasounds. So we found this place in Wisconsin that allowed Dan to come in and do an ultrasound um, at 14 weeks, but also um, they would be able to tell us the gender of the baby. Um, they allowed my parents and Dan's parents in the room with us. And we were just so honored to share this moment with them. Um, and they, they did a, um, they were allowed to stream it. Like we sent a, a link to family and friends. Um, so they can see the ultrasound on their computer. And it was just so cool to be able to share that with everybody. Um, and when they told us it was a girl, I, Never really thought um, I would be a very good mom to a girl, but I was so overcome with joy and love, and I knew I was going to just love this baby with my whole heart. And um, we, in the ultrasound text, she put on the screen, it's a girl, and that's how everyone was able to um, un, um, be able to know that we were having a girl. Um, so we, we spent that time in that room, just looking at, um, this beautiful baby of ours and listening to the heartbeat and everything was just, it was magical. It was exactly what I wanted the moment to be just holding my husband's hand and, um, just enjoying this, um, emotion of becoming a family. Um, so as I said, the pregnancy was, it was fairly easy, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't stop moving. I want to be very active. I wanted to stay healthy so that I can be healthy for my baby and just provide the best home for my baby to grow and to nourish. Um, so this next part is going to be hard, um, but just stick with me as I kind of explain what happened. Um on May 31st, I was 39 weeks pregnant, 39 weeks in one day. Um, we had family over Memorial Day. Um, we had a backyard barbecue, just enjoying the beautiful day with our family. Um, of course, my family wouldn't let me do anything since I was 39 weeks pregnant. Um, they definitely did all the cooking and cleaning, and I just, I was enjoying just spending quality time with my family, both families whom I love so much. Um, it was getting, we just ate. It was starting to get a little bit dark um, outside. It was starting to get light. And I stand up to, you know, go use the bathroom. And I just felt something wrong. Um, I went to the bathroom and I was just heartbroken over the amount of blood 
that I saw. And I try not to panic. I was definitely very scared. So I called Dan over to the bathroom and kind of showed him what was going on. And I ran upstairs to my bathroom to kind of start cleaning myself off before heading to the hospital. Um, While it was in the bathtub, we called my doctor just to let him know what was going on and that we were heading um, to the hospital soon. And he urged us to get to the hospital as soon as possible. Um, My husband drove like crazy to get us to the hospital. And I am just so, once again, just so blessed to have him because any longer in it, you know, it could have been a lot worse. Um, you know, how can I say that, you know, the worst definitely happened, but it could have been a lot worse regarding me and my health and my life. Um, so we got to, Condell in Libertyville, and I checked into the emergency room. I told them what was going on, and they wheeled me up to labor and delivery with with Dan. Got dressed, went into a um, went into a bed, and they hooked me up to monitors to to get the heartbeat and to see what was going on. Um, as soon as they hooked me up. Um, the heart, the heartbeat was definitely a lot lower than they were hoping. I believe it was, that whole day was a blur, but I believe it was only 60 beats per minute. Um, so they rushed me into the emergency C-section, and I was told that from as soon as I checked in, from when the baby was out, it was about 14 minutes, which is, extremely fast. They, like, it could not have happened any faster. And that's why kind of like the whole thing was a blur because I just was still somewhat in awe of everything that was going on. Um, but they had to put me under cause I was losing a lot of blood inside and, um, and that's it. That's, that's kind of the last thing I remember from that day. Um, from that moment, um, the next time I woke, I woke up, um, I was in recovery and they, all I really remember is them telling me that they needed to get her to Evanston, um, and admit her into the ISCU, the infant special care unit, um, because, um, she didn't have a heartbeat for, 25 minutes after they had gotten her out of me. Um, there's, they kept, I, I don't know. They were supposed to get her out or they're supposed to stop working in about 20 minutes, but they just kept going. And I'm so beyond grateful that they did because 25 minutes after, and they finally got her heartbeat going. Um, she did experience a lot of, trauma to her body um when when you don't have when she didn't have oxygen for that for that long um so they they wheeled me into the hallway as they were getting her 
ready to transfer her to Evanston. And I was able to, Dan and I were able to meet her together um, in the hallway. And I just, I immediately fell in love the moment I saw her. I, my heart was so full. And I never thought that I could love anything so much as I as I had loved my daughter at that moment and it was just I couldn't believe she was mine and I couldn't believe she was finally here um they Dan was he was torn he wanted to go he wanted to he wanted to go to Evanston and be with Reagan um but he was also very worried about me because it was it was a tough surgery and um, I had lost a lot of blood and I was definitely feeling very out of it and sick and nauseous and I wasn't feeling that great. And he, just the amazing husband he is, he just, he knew he couldn't leave me, but he, he had to go be, he had to go be there for our daughter. And my mom was coming to come be with me. So Dan went with Reagan um, to Evanston Hospital and was there with her um, in the ISCU. And they brought me to a room in Evanston, or in Condell, I'm sorry. They brought me to a room in Condell so that I can recover. Um, but I just, my mom and I were working like crazy to get through the insurance, to get an ambulance, to transport me to Evanston because I needed to be with her. Um the only way the doctor would release me is if I was, if I can get out of bed and move. And I don't care how much pain that I was in. I managed to get up out of that bed and walk around the room for a little bit. Cause I needed that strength to, to get there. I needed to, I needed to see my baby girl and I needed, I needed to get there. And I knew that the only way that was going to happen is if I got out of bed walking around and I knew I was going to do anything that I needed to do to get out of that hospital. Um, I spent that one night there. I spent Monday night there. And uh, Tuesday, we were finally um, able to get an ambulance to transport me to Evanston. Um, I'm just so grateful for my doctor to let me go. And... Um, be there with my daughter. Um, it was definitely a very painful ambulance ride as I had. I said my surgery was pretty, it was, it was an intense surgery. It was definitely a little bit more intense than a regular C-section. Um, so I was in a little pain when, with all the bumps and the ride of the ambulance, but I just, I was so ecstatic to be getting to Evanston, um, to be there with Reagan. Um, when I got there, um, the doctor in the ISCU, she, I went down to go see Reagan and the doctor, um, she pulled me and Dan aside and she told me that she didn't think Reagan was going to make it through the night, that she was just too sick and there was too much damage to her body due to that lack of oxygen for 25 minutes. And she didn't think that Reagan was going to make it that night. Um, I was, I was heartbroken. I 
could not believe this was happening to me, um, to happening to us, to Dan and myself. And you never think that this is something that you are ever going to have to experience. Um, and I was like, I just got here. Like she needs to, I need to spend time with her. I need to get to know her because I might go to bed and wake up and she's not there. Um, so Dan and I definitely spent as much time as we could down in the, the Iskew. Um, they were shocked when she survived the night. Um, I knew she was, she was so strong, so strong. And I knew that I had to be strong for her. Um, they really did not think she was going to make it through the night. And the fact that she did, like, she's a fighter, she's a warrior. And I was just so honored that she was my daughter. Um, the fact that she was, how strong she was. Um, what they did was a, a cooling blanket, um, therapy. It lowered her body temperature to try to get her kidney and her liver working properly before raising the temperature. And it was, they weren't making the, the most success. Um, we saw a little bit of progress here and there, but, um, it wasn't definitely what we wanted to hear. Um, we were also looking at the toxins in her blood. Um, they were pumping a lot of new blood into her and we were hoping that she would, um, pee out the toxins of the blood and that the new blood would give her the nourishment that she needed. Um, her kidneys were not producing enough urine for her to be getting out the toxins as we hoped. Um, but we just, we kept just praying to God every day that a miracle would happen. Um, our family, so supportive in the lobby. They, they knew they couldn't come up because of COVID and in the NICU, there's a lot of sick babies, but they were down there and, that just meant more to Dan and me meant so much to us. We couldn't have asked for just any more support from, um, family, just knowing that they were there and if we needed anything that they would make it happen. Um, so we just, just kept praying to God that a miracle would happen and just hoping this, um, treatment would, would heal her and give her the support and nourishment that she needed. Um, the best thing I definitely have to say that happened, um, this whole experience was, um, just seeing her, um, milk, have my milk was the most amazing and motherly thing that I had done because I hadn't been able to hold her or anything. Um, but I was pumping and Dan asked the nurses if we could somehow give it to her. And what the nurses did was put a Q-tip in the milk and just kind of put it in her mouth and let her just suck on the Q-tip. And the look on her face and the pure joy was 
that moment I felt like a mom. Um, and I just was so in love with her and just the fact that I can give her some sort of nourishment and something that I, I just felt like something I could do to feel like her mom, but also to kind of help and like aid in this healing process. Um, it was, it was, it was amazing. And the nurses were just so beyond, um, shocked that of her reaction to this, to drinking of the milk. And they, they loved getting the chance to feed her. Um, these nurses in Evanston and the NICU was, they, I, I can't even begin to thank them how much support they gave us during this. And, and I just saw them fall in love with my daughter as well. And it just, it, it was just a very proud, a very proud mother that I, that this girl was mine and that I had, that I was blessed to be her mother. Um, just seeing just how much joy and love that she brought to anyone who had met her. Um, I am, I'm just very lucky to be able to call her my daughter. Um, so the cooling, um, blanket treatment was only supposed to be three days. Um, and so that was Friday, um, Friday morning, Friday morning, um, was the day that, you know, they were going to take her off the blanket and start warming up her body to see if the treatment had, um, had helped. Um, she actually came off the blanket very well. Um, she tolerated it very well and they were just taking, um, few moments just to heat up her body a little bit at a time. Um, I had gone to bed I was very tired. Um, I'd gone to bed. Um, but then we got a phone call in our room that we needed to come downstairs to the NICU and just something in my heart dropped. I knew this wasn't good news. Um, when we got down there, the doctor proceeded to tell us that she had a seizure and that her body was, her body was failing. Um, it was getting, her stomach was getting very hard from all of the blood that they were pumping into her. And the fact that she wasn't releasing any of it with her kidneys was her, her body was getting very hard. And it was getting very discolored from all of just the liquid in the, inside her with all the needles. And she was, she was letting us know that she was tired. She was, she couldn't fight any longer. And that's what Dan and I the whole time kept saying is we will fight for Reagan as long as she was willing to fight. And in that moment, we just, we knew that she was, she was tired and her body was done. Um, that moment, I, it was hearing these words from the doctor. It, it was, it was devastating. 
once again. I just, you never think that this is ever going to happen to you. You never think that like you would ever be in this situation, <clears throat> especially everything that I had already gone through to get pregnant. And you, you think like, this isn't going to happen to me. Um, but it was, and I had, we just had to, we had to just enjoy the last few hours that we had with her. Um, we, Dan and I, we, we knew our, we needed our family to come meet her. Um, and we knew it was really important to us that she was baptized. Um, so we, the, we asked the NICU nurses if they could um, allow family in there. Um, and they, like I said, these, these nurses, they were everything that I could have ever hoped for um, when it comes to the health and caring of my daughter. Um, she, they allowed all of our family members to come up um, I meet like my siblings and my parents and Dan's siblings and parents and my grandparents were there too. Um, there's a lot of people and we were just very, very grateful that they were allowed to, they let our family in to come and meet her. Um, unfortunately my family, um, pastor couldn't make it. He was, he was kind of far away. So we got, um, someone that meant a lot on Dan's side to baptize Reagan was surrounded by her family. And that was that moment meant so much to me and Dan. We named all of her aunts and uncles, her godparents, just because they all just gave so much support in that time in the hospital. And they all just showed so much love to Reagan. And that's all we could ever ask for. Um, <clears throat> She was baptized, and everyone just filed in a line to meet her. And after everyone met her, Dan and I had time to ourselves for a little bit um, to hold her and just be with her. And then that's when we took the breathing tube out of her and just put her on my chest. I wanted to skip, to do skin to skin with her so badly. So the nurses put her on my chest and I just held her while Dan held her next to me. And we just talked to her. We let her know it was okay and that we loved her so much and that we'll always love her. And we sang our favorite song to her. Um, you are my sunshine. And we had a bereavement photographer come and just kind of capture that moment with us. Um, and it was, it was just a very special moment that we got to be with, got to have with Reagan as her parents. Um, after Skin to Skin with me, the nurse put Reagan on Dan's chest and he got to do Skin to Skin with her as well. Um, and... To this day, he says it was it's his favorite memory of just being able to put her on his chest and just hold her and hug her. Um, unfortunately, with the two being out, she took her last breath during that moment. And um, 
the doctor to come in to declare her gone. And at that moment, my, my heart broke. And I was, I felt so lost in that moment that she was officially announced dead. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, and it was, to this day, I have nightmares about it. I just, I, I can't, just hearing those words was definitely nothing I would ever thought I would hear. Um, the NICU nurses um, got her cleaned up and we were able to be in a room with her for a little bit to just say our goodbyes. Um, It was definitely, gosh, it was definitely, definitely the worst day of my life. I I can't even begin to express like how numb I felt during that time and how much I lost my faith in God in that time because what, like, hadn't I been through enough with the fertility issues and all the tests and like have why like I thought I'd been through enough um clearly I hadn't and I don't understand why it needed to happen and I don't understand but all I know is that I something good has to come out of this that's all I know um, Dan and I decided to, um, <clears throat> uh, donate her hearts and heart valves and heart tissue, um, to Gift of Hope so that they can use it to save another baby. Um, hopefully we can hear one day that it was used, um, and I would love to be able to meet that family to know that Reagan still lives on. Um, I also had a lot of milk. I produced a lot of milk, and it was important to me that I donate my milk um, just because I know that there are a lot of mothers out there who can't produce. And I, we just saw firsthand on how much that milk made Reagan so happy and how much she loved it. And all we wanted to do was just share that with another mom, another baby who couldn't give that gift of breast milk. Um, <clears throat> we, we couldn't go home after that. We couldn't go home. We had nowhere. To, we didn't know where to go. We we couldn't go home. The house, everything was set up. Um, the whole house reminded us of Reagan, and it was just ready for us to bring her home. And we couldn't go home. It was, it didn't feel like home anymore to us. Um, our family, um, they put their money together. My sister, my brother-in-law's family, like, they got us a hotel room in Evanston. And... 
um, we spent a few days there because we, we didn't know where else to go. Um, Saturday, um, the 5th, we had my sister come to the hospital or the hotel to see us. Um, and then Dan's brother, Andy, and his wife, Kate, they came. My sister, Kate, and I, we were in the room talking, and Andy had pulled Dan out into the hallway. Um, I just assumed that they were just talking um, about many work stuff going on. But then a few minutes later, um, Dan came into the room, and he was, he was crying, and I knew something else, something else bad that happened. And he proceeded to share the news with me that our dog of 13 years had passed away yesterday on June 4th, um, about two hours before rain ended. Um, <laughs> what else, you know, what else could go wrong? And it was, I was so, so mad at God in that moment. Cause you know, <laughs> what else? Um, our first dog together who we love so much had passed two hours right before our daughter did. And all they kept, I, I was crying hysterically. I couldn't breathe. Um, and all they just kept saying to me was, Mika went so that she can wait at the gates of heaven for Reagan and that she can go to heaven and be there with Reagan. Um, and that it was just the most selfless act a dog or best friend could ever do. And they proceeded to tell me like how they all just came together to just make Mika's funeral something that Dan and I just couldn't, we couldn't do for at that moment because we were mourning over Reagan. But they, they definitely took the time to give her something as special as she was. Um, she was a perfect dog and she was loved by both families. And they definitely gave her the care that she deserved and the recognition that she deserved because she was, she was definitely our best friend. Um, <clears throat> it was, it was hard to lose, to experience so much loss in that little time. Um, and we, I needed, I felt very, um, very claustrophobic in that hotel room and I needed to get out and Dan needed to get out too. And so what we did was, um, since we couldn't go home, we packed up the car and we drove out West and we, um, took care of the funeral arrangements in the car, but also our family really stepped up and helped us with the arrangements as well. Um, I could not have done it without any of them. Um, we ended up in South Dakota, um, seeing Mount Rushmore. We needed to go where the sun was. We needed to go the sunshine because Reagan just brought so much sunshine to our lives. 
even though those those short four days that we had known her, she brought <clears throat> a lot of light into our life, and she definitely she definitely made us she made us happy. Um, so we needed to go west to the sunshine, and we needed to go be with her um, among the flowers, among just the wide sky, and. Dan and I are very patriotic people, and we figure just having a baby born on Memorial Day, like, let's go celebrate her through Mount Rushmore, and so that's what we did. Um, we spent that week, the following week, um, in Mount Rushmore, just trying to be as close to our daughter as possible, um, and her funeral was on June um, June 11th at um our church in Palatine, um, and left my pastor, um, good family friend who married Dan and me. Um, he did it, and he did just such a wonderful job. Um, I definitely was a rock that day, and I know Dan was too. Um, it was hard um, having a funeral for an infant and planning. It just seemed just so not fair. Um, she deserves so much better than that. And she deserves so much more life than that. And um, I would never wish that pain upon anybody. Having to um, plan a funeral for your child is not anything that I would ever wish upon anybody. It was... The most bizarre experience, um, and that funeral just and the, and the day of her funeral, just family and friends came together to show how much love and support that Dan and I had, and we just we couldn't have asked for anything more from them. Um. So that pretty much sums up my story, our story, um, about my pregnancy and the loss of my daughter, Reagan. Um, and like I said, I never really thought that I would ever do something like this. Even when, even on June 4th, when my world was turned upside down, I never thought that I would um, try to be... Um, like a role model to someone or influence, but all I want to do is just share my story and share my journey because I know that there's more people out there that um, has gone through something like this. I know, unfortunately, as it breaks my heart, there's more people it's going to happen to, and if I could help someone along the way, maybe we'll aid in my healing process, in my grief, and it'll help me because all I can think right now is that something good needs to come out of this. Um, this very, very tragic, heartbreaking, unbelievable experience. Like, she could not have only been on this earth for four days and nothing come out of it. So I'm hoping that my story and my journey, if you so choose to follow with me, can help 
help you, can help someone else, you know, someone else going through this, um, maybe I can help. Um, so that's it. That's my story. And thank you for taking the time to listen. And thank you so much for the support from anyone that I have had the pleasure of interacting with, family, friends. Thank you so much for being here for me during this very difficult time. Um, and I just keep praying to God every day for healing, for comfort, and to show me a path to find my purpose here on earth, to find my to my to find my joy, to find my sunshine after losing my daughter. Thank you.